Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Comet Central. So Alhamdulillah, we are in episode 4 of What's in the Name. And in episode 1 to 3, we've had, uh, we were joined by Ustaz Mizi Wahid to talk about the names of some of our male Muslim names in the community. These names included Muhammad, Abdullah, Umar Fahan, Ashraf and Iyad. So today in episode 4 and 5 in fact, we are joined by Ustaz Hidayah and two fellow convert sisters of ours to reflect upon their names and share four new Muslim names who are who belong to the female side of our community. So in this episode itself, episode 4, we are going to share about two names, Mariam and Hafsa. So if you guys are wondering what our, see, our podcast series is about, it actually we aim to help uh, born Muslims and converts in understanding the meaning of names in our Muslim community. And we hope that through this understanding, we can assist converts to take on their Muslim names. So our own experience is, is that, you know, when we want to take on a name, we want to make sure that we, we like the meaning of the name and, and we want to find a name or perhaps a companion of who had the same name uh, that, that we really can relate to. So hopefully by understanding some of these names, we can, you know, find ourselves, uh, you know, attached to one of them. And, and hopefully for the convert who has yet to take a name, uh, you can adopt this name as our Muslim name. So uh, Alhamdulillah, as mentioned, we are joined today by uh, Ustaza Hidayah. And uh, for today, in, in our episode 4, we are also joined by Sis Sarah Mariam, uh, who is a fellow convert. So I'll, I'll let Ustaza Hidayah to introduce herself a little bit first before we go on to the uh, names that we're going to explain today. Bismillah, Ustaza. Okay, Assalamualaikum everyone. Uh, my name is Hidayah, Hidayah Rosni. Um, I am a youth officer from Al-Ansa Mosque. So it is the mosque located uh, along Bedok North Road. Uh, so feel free to come and drop by. So thank you Convert Central for inviting me and I'm happy to see our sisters here. We have with us Sister Mariam and also Sister Aisha. Thank you for being with all of us today. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much Ustaza for introducing yourself and it's our pleasure to have you on our podcast. And uh, next I'll also uh, get Sis Sarah Mariam to introduce herself a little bit uh, before we pass our time to Ustaza to explain the names. Uh, Bismillah sister. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh everyone. My name is uh, Sarah Mariam and I'm convert since 2019, so a little bit more than two years. Alhamdulillah, thank you for this uh, invitation uh, and I'm pleasure to you know share more about my my name and hopefully will help future converts when they're choosing their names. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. All right, so uh, later on we'll get to you know why you chose your name and, and your experiences regarding this name. Uh, but for now, let me just pass the time back to Ustaza to first explain the, the name Mariam. Uh, maybe if there's a story behind the name or maybe some linguistic meanings of the name. And uh, inshallah, through that, we hope that we can understand the name better. So bismillah, Ustaza. Okay, bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Right, so from um, this series of what is in the name, uh, I understand that the objective of this conversation is to assist our sisters and brothers to pick a name that is meaningful uh, in building their identity as a Muslim. Now, um, on a general note, I would say that when it comes to name, it is um, not exactly obligatory for a newly converted Muslim to uh, pick on a Muslim name because the whole idea of names is um, by right parents, if we, for this is when we talk about parents, uh, when they give out their names to their children, uh, parents are to pick uh, pleasant names for their children, a name that they can carry proudly, confidently to, uh, to build their confidence as a Muslim and how they bring themselves to the society. So if, let's say, your, your family has given you a wonderful name uh, that does not come from Arabic language itself, it's usually 
a Muslim name is uh, closely related to a name that comes from Arabic language. However, that is not necessarily the case now. So if let's say um, you had a name like, for example, Avza. Avza comes from, if I'm not mistaken, a French or German language. And it means like a hero. And it's also okay. It's not an Arabic name. Okay? But it is also important that when someone pick a Muslim name, it is because they feel that, hey, this is my new life. I want to start afresh. And uh, I am confident. I'm happy being a Muslim. And I'm confident to build that identity. And therefore, they select a name from the significant figure from the Islamic history. And they want to carry out that name. Then, of course, by all means, it is among um, the encouraged. Today, we are advised to talk about Maryam alayhi salam, and as you all know, Maryam is the mother of Nabi Isa alayhi salam. Um, but I must emphasize here that um, usually people, like for example, eh, Khadija radiallahu anha, she is known as the wife of the Prophet. And sometimes the emphasis is not about her as an individual, but the emphasis is about her being the wife of the Prophet. But for Maryam radiallahu anha, for her case, Allah Ta'ala has elevated her status and established her name uh, as someone who is prominent enough. Like, she does not need to be recognized as the mother of a prophet. Like, she is outstanding enough uh, individually based on how her mother intended her to grow up as and as well as how she brings herself in this, in this world. So the mother of um, Maryam Hassadam is... Um, Hana. Okay. Hana is the wife of Imran. If you have heard Imran, it's the third chapter in the Quran, Ali Imran, right? So Imran, he is not a prophet. Imran, he is like a pious leader. Lah. Like he is a, he's an imam of the community. Okay, and he's not a prophet. And um, he and his wife has dedicated their lives uh, in the worship of Allah Ta'ala. However, they did not have any children for a very long time. So, Hana prayed to Allah Ta'ala that, oh Allah, please let her bear children. And um, among her wish is that she wish her children will inherit the legacy of prophethood or inherit the legacy of the message of Allah Ta'ala. So Hana got pregnant. And during her pregnancy, she has already like made promise or she has dedicated that, okay, this child, when she is born, he or she is born, um, this will be for Allah Ta'ala. So he has dedicated this child for Allah Ta'ala. Like, so Allah can use this child however Allah wills in Allah's will. Um, so, however, when Hana gave birth, right, she gave birth to a girl. And somehow rather, like, it is uh, customary that usually guys play more significant role. Like, among the prophets, mostly, uh, not mostly, all of them are men. And there are no women, right? So Hana was like, oh Allah, I give birth to a, to a girl. Like, what can a girl do? Like, probably she is more limited with her actions or contributions. Okay, And Allah Ta'ala said, yeah, I know, of course, I will you to have a girl. Right? So, however, Allah Ta'ala still protected Maryam. Okay? Especially because Hana, when she was pregnant, she made dua that, oh Allah, please protect this child from the whispers of Shaitan. So actually, Maryam and Isa alayhi salam, both of them were protected from the whispers of Shaitan. So Allah Ta'ala actually put 
Maryam under the care of Nabi Zakaria. Nabi kan? Of Nabi Zakaria. So Nabi Zakaria, he was the prophet during the time, at that point of time. And Nabi Zakaria himself, he has not bear any children yet at that point of time. Okay. So Maryam grew up as a woman or as a girl, actually, because she got pregnant during her teen, teen years. Maryam, she dedicated her life uh, at the masjid. Okay, so she worshipped and uh, there is, there's is this place where Zakaria built, it's called Mihrab. Mihrab um, is like a room in, in the masjid. So that is where uh, Maryam spent most of her days, her life there. And then she worshipped day and night, she fasted, she prayed. And then one day comes a man, right? So this became a like, dispute uh, or the different versions of the story that we can get from from the Bible as well as um, some of the scriptures that um, that was a man and not an angel. However, in the Quran, what was narrated to us is that man was angel Jibreel in which Allah Ta'ala sent him in the form of a perfect human. Okay, so every time Jibreel came in the form of human, he is a perfect human, symmetrical in shape and everything. So when Jibreel came, and Mariam, she is someone who takes good care of herself. Like uh, she's devoted and she uh, is not exposed or communicated with men for you know any reasons. So when this beautiful man came to her, she did not respond in such a way like um, oh hi or anything. But he mentioned the name of Al-Rahman, in which he mentioned Allah Ta'ala and said that if you have good intentions or you know, if you have bad intentions, then seek refuge and repentance from Al-Rahman who is the one who accepts repentance. So then when Maryam said that, Jibril then appeared himself as his original form in the form of an angel. And that's when uh, Angel Jibril told Maryam that I'm here to tell you that you will carry a prophet uh, by the will of Allah Ta'ala. So that is when she got to find out that, oh, she will be pregnant of Nabi Isa alayhi salam. Okay. So I mentioned that Mariam got pregnant when she's like around teens, right? So at that point of time, of course, when you are at that age and then you got pregnant, the society will immediately label you as an adulterer and, you know, you will have to face consequences. Either you will get mockery or you will be punished, you'll be stoned to death. So Mariam isolated herself away from the society, all alone as she bare Nabi Isa salam. And then Allah Ta'ala took care of her by sending angels to actually give her food. And after, even after she gave birth, she was uh, settling herself near a tree, a palm tree, where the angel actually ordered her to shake it. And that's when the dates fall off to her. And he knows that, he, that no matter what, no matter the situation, she will still be under the care of Allah Ta'ala. Okay. So, and the thing about Mariam is she is known as Minal Khaniti. Now, um, usually we, we will easily like, okay, for women, we will find like exemplary women figure, right? And then for men, we will look for exemplary male figure. However, Allah Ta'ala described Mariam as not just the best women, woman, but she is known as an exemplary figure for both men and women. And that is why in the Quran, you can find minal qanitin. Qanitin or al-qanit means someone who is devoted, right? So in Arabic language, qanitin describes like the male, the plural male version of a devoted people, 
But if Allah Ta'ala wants to say Minal Qanitat means she is a devoted woman. So this is to say that Maryam, you are an exemplary figure for both male and female to learn from, to exemplify from. And therefore, Maryam is not just significant among the women, but also for men. And thus, this is like a justification to Hannah, her mother, when somehow rather Hannah was a bit disappointed right? when she was pregnant of, uh, I mean, she gave birth to a girl. So this is a way Allah Ta'ala trying to tell Hannah that even though I gave you a girl, but this does not make her any less special. does not make her any less important than a man because she herself carried herself as a, a good slave to Allah Ta'ala and then she gave birth to a prophet. She is someone who takes good care of herself and she is an exemplary figure for everyone to learn from. Okay? So that is Maryam and Allah promised that you do not even have to defend yourself. Right? Allah Ta'ala said, I will defend for you. So in the form of when Nabi Isa salam, he spoke to the society and that was the first time Maryam even heard that, hey, my child can speak. Like, it's still a baby. Nabi Isa salam was still a baby when he spoke to his people because of course when Maryam carried Isa, people will be like, hey, she got pregnant and she gave birth. Whose child? She's not married. Like, everyone will start to spread rumors, right? However, that is how Allah Ta'ala said, I will defend for you. I will ensure that your name will not be tarnished. And he sends Nabi Isa salam to do that justification for her. Right? So what we can learn from Maryam uh, is she not only is a dedicated worshipper, she has 100% faith, taqwa, and she trusts Allah Ta'ala in every of her decisions, uh, every of her taqdeer that falls on her. And she knows that if this is given to her, what she needs to have is patience and tawakal, and she never doubts uh, any single thing that happened to her. Yeah, that's what we can get from uh, Maryam, right? the mother of Nabi Isa. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, Ustaza. I think that was a very beautiful sharing. Um, I, I, I would just like to um, summarize the, the values that the story of uh, Maryam Allah emphasizes on. I think you mentioned about uh, trust in Allah as one, patience as another, uh, having full faith in his uh, will and decree as, as one. And then, and then you, you also mentioned earlier on that because of all of these values, she was honored. Uh, you know, not just you know in her time, but beyond even to now. Now you know we have both Muslims and non-Muslims naming ourselves Maryam and Mary. You know, in the non-Muslim context. So I think I think that's something that is is very important. As far as you mentioned that, you know, just because um someone give give birth to a to a girl doesn't mean that you know Allah would love her less or that she's less honorable in the eyes of Allah. That, that Allah will elevate his servants to whom whichever station that he, he he wills them to be in, regardless of their gender. I think that's a very, very good, truly a very good essence in, in, in which the, the name Maryam represents. And uh, I just also like to add on that, you know, like um it, it's it's really true that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he really raises the station of uh Maryam alayhi wa salam, in which uh, even in the Quran, every time uh the, the name Isa, which is the Prophet Jesus, his name is uh mentioned, he's always mentioned as uh, Nabi Isa, the son of Maryam. So every time we, we, we talk as Muslims, we, we talk about Nabi Isa, we always know that, you know, with, with him, we, we are always minded that he is the son of Maryam. And, not, and that's how he, she's even honored till today. 
So it's, it's such a beautiful name, such a beautiful story. And uh, yeah, uh, thank you so much for sharing about the name Mariam. So uh, we'll move on to the next name, which is Hafsa. Uh, and, and I'll hand it the time back to you for you to talk about Hafsa. Bismillah. On the other hand, uh, Hafsa, Mariam is described as uh, someone who is very, we can say like obedient and very devoted. Now, I'm not saying Hafsa is less devoted. She is still devoted. But Hafsa, she carries the character of her father, which is Umar al-Khattab. And we all know Umar al-Khattab is very fierce. He is uh, stern. Um, he tolerates no nonsense. So uh, Umar al-Khattab is famous for that. And um, Hafsa actually inherited that character of Umar al-Khattab. Uh, and in fact, her name itself, Hafsa, it is the scholars interpret her name as a lioness. So it describes a strong character and she carried that character. Lah. So what happened to Hafsa radiallahu anha? Uh, she was a widow when, uh, when she was married to Rasulullah So Hafsa was previously married to uh, another man who became a martyr during the Battle of Badar. Okay? So uh, when that happened, it is somehow really, it's a, it's a customary lah, when Let's say a father, when um, her, her daughter became a widow, like he feels uh, obligated, like he has to marry her off. He won't leave the daughter unmarried. So Umar was kind of panicked or devastated that, oh, my daughter is now a widow. So he has been trying to marry her off. So uh, he first approached Abu Bakar, a Siddiq, to marry, to marry Hafsa. But Abu Bakar did not say anything like, he did not say yes. He did not say no. He just didn't react. And uh, Umar said, oh, okay, so Abu Bakar doesn't want to marry my daughter. And then next, um, Umar went to um, Uthman bin Affan. Uh, and then uh, Uthman, uh, however, he did not immediately agree. Um, but because of how Uthman reacted, Umar became disappointed again and that's how he ended up coming back to Prophet Muhammad Wasallam and expressed like, what is this like? Why are they all not, they don't intend to marry uh, my daughter? And that was when Rasulullah Wasallam said that Hafsa will marry someone or something that Hafsa deserves someone who is better than Uthman and Uthman deserves someone who is better than Hafsa. And then apparently Abu Bakar Asiddi, the reason why he was quiet uh, in the beginning is because not that he did not want to marry Hafsa but apparently Abu Bakar Siddiq has ever heard of uh, Rasulullah mentioning about Hafsa and Abu Bakar kind of understood that oh somehow really it shows that Rasulullah has the interest of marrying Hafsa so Rasul, uh, Abu Bakar did not want to reveal that matter because um, that is for Rasulullah to address himself so apparently Hafsa was actually meant for Rasulullah and then they got married but the thing about their marriage was uh, there was one time where Rasulullah actually divorced her okay reason being is Hafsa is very very like I mentioned earlier she's very strong in character so um, she did some things probably she's more aggressive and Rasulullah felt that maybe he couldn't you know manage her as a wife so Rasulullah divorced her and then after some time, Injil Jibril uh, came to Rasulullah and said, you should take her back. Okay? And the reason being why Injil Jibril advised Rasulullah to take her back is because 
Hafsa, she is among those who prays at night and fast. So which means she is someone who observes her ibadah. She is someone who dedicates her life for Allah Ta'ala. So um, because of that, since it, it comes from Injil Jibril, which means it is an order from Allah Ta'ala as well, that was when uh, Rasulullah decided to uh, get back together with Hafsa. And in fact, even Umar warned Hafsa that if, if you ever annoy or if you ever do something that will cause this marriage again, then she will no longer be my daughter. Of course, that's just a threat. Lah, but Umar was heartbroken when when Hafsa was divorced by Rasulullah. Because firstly, when they are married, that makes Umar al-Khattab have a family relationship with Rasulullah And that is like uh, something honorable. He even Abu Bakr al-Siddiq became the father-in-law of Rasulullah. So it is something honorable for them. So if let's say they were to divorce again, then that kind of like severe the relationship between Rasulullah and Umar al-Khattab. So Hafsa after that incident happened, Hafsa become more uh, tactful. Lah. Like I should observe how my behavior is towards my husband and all. And uh, in fact, it's not just about that. The thing about Hafsa is she's a mother of the believers and she's not just the wife of the prophet. Uh, she contributed as a scholar as well because she has the ability to read and write. Uh, and because of that, she is entrusted to write the verses of the Quran. And therefore, she became part of the process where the Quran was preserved and gathered and compiled into a kitab, into the Quran itself. Because uh, previously, the Quran was revealed in verses, right? And then companions, they, they memorize and the verses are like segregated. Uh, so whoever among the companions who memorize, it will be with them. But until they write it down and then they put it together and collect them, that's where it becomes a system of the book lah. So um, due to Hafsa's ability who can read and write, uh, that's how he was entrusted and he became part of the compilation of the Quran. And that's how significant Hafsa is. Lah. So not only is a daughter of Umar al-Khattab, he's also the wife of Rasulullah and he is among the scholars during that time. Alhamdulillah. Thank you, Ustazah. MashaAllah, three titles. Um, the, the daughter of Umar bin Khattab, uh, and wife of the Prophet Wasallam, and also a scholar that helped in the compilation of the Quran. And I, I think like, um, I actually have a few friends who uh, took up name Hafsa uh, as, as converts. And I think w- when I asked them why, they also mentioned like, um, from the story of Hafsa, they, they want to learn that like, sometimes it's okay to ask questions as a convert. So, so that you can learn more about Islam and I think the story of Hafsa doesn't only represent that it also represents like a journey to, uh, to, to understand like there, there, are, there are ways that we should speak up and we should speak up when we have questions but also we have to do it tactfully so I, I think it's a very beautiful story and eventually because of her strife she ended up as a scholar uh, that, that mashallah that, that helped to compile the Quran and, and the Quran is recited every day every hour every minute around the world today so another another big figure in, in Islam and uh, subhanallah uh, thank you Ustazah for sharing about these two names uh, Mariam and uh, Hafsa today so right now I would like to pass the time to sis Mariam and I would just like to start you know you off by asking you a uh, very simple question about your process of choosing your name Sarah Mariam. So, like, uh, what what got you settled on the name Sarah Mariam? Okay. Um. Actually, when when I learned that you know I should take up um a Muslim name, I was a bit hesitant in the beginning. But then I was thinking that okay, why not? It gives me a new identity. 
And then I was like, okay, next question is what will be my name? And I'm actually very uh, simple and straightforward person. So I didn't want also a very complicated name. Uh, so first I thought I will just choose Mariam uh, because Mariam is the Arabic version of uh, of my original or my given name, which is Mairi. Some say that it's Estonian version. Some say the Scottish. So I'm not really sure which one is it or maybe it's both. But anyway, I was like, okay, uh, Arabic version is Mariam. So I was like, I'll stick with, with that. And then one of my friends asked me, well, why don't you just, you know, add one more name? I was thinking, okay, what, what should be my another name? And then since I always admired the name Sarah, without really know, knowing the meanings of the names that time, of course, I, I just thought, okay, Sarah Mariam, I think sounds quite good. So let's just go with it. <laughs> so to be honest, I, I really didn't know the meanings. Of course, I knew uh, who's uh, Mariam, mother of Jesus, but... Um, but when I really learned about the name and the meaning, it was at a later stage when I was already converted. And then I was, it was, and it still gave me goosebumps until today, how, how beautiful is, is the story. And uh, yeah, that, you know, Mariam had a hundred percent trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the patience, and that she really relied on him no matter what. And whenever I'm going through any difficulties, uh, it's, it's a good reminder to myself. Thank you, sister. Such an interesting uh, story to, to hear, because like, it's slightly different from how I chose my name. Uh, and, and thank you for sharing, you know, that, that after you had like a better understanding of your name, you know, how, how you know, it has affected you as a Muslim. And, and I just want to pop your last question before we end the podcast. And uh, that, this question is, um, how do you think your name, uh, knowing the meaning of your name, uh, how has that motivated you to become a better Muslim? Whenever I'm facing any difficulty, right, it is a, it's a reminder to myself that I need to put my trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that really helps me. Like whenever I, I feel down or anything is just that okay take the step back think about you know what our prophets companions and all those people historical people they went through they all had you know the trust the patience and then this name Mariam she's like so significant person the one of the most righteous women in the in the in the world and um yeah, is is a constant reminder to myself, you know, that I need to trust Allah. And uh, usually then I have this peace, you know, coming to me that, you know, things will work out. Thank you, sister. Alhamdulillah. I, I think uh, that's a quite a beautiful point. And, and for me, it's the same. Like I chose my name Siddiq because um, I wanted to remind myself uh, at a point of time in my life, I really felt like, uh, you know, as a good Muslim that I want to dedicate my life to Allah. And of course, like Iman comes up and come, goes down in times of your life, right? And every time, like, I think about the name Siddiq, uh, you know, I think back about the name Siddiq and how I chose it. I, I'm reminded at a point of time in my life where I like the name Siddiq and what it meant, which is, you know, your entire existence being truthful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I liked it so much that I wanted it to be something that I was known for until the day I died. So I think I think it's a very, very beautiful point. Uh, and, and, and likewise for me too, that, that my name means similarly to me. So thank you so much, Sis Mariam, for sharing. Thank you, Ustaza, as well. Yeah, yeah please if, add on, if, Sis. If, yeah, if I may share, uh, you know, uh, with Mariam, actually, I, I remember a story when uh, uh, Prophet Zakaria actually found her, you know, with some fruits 
which were supposed to come out like in different season or something. So he asked her where did she got these fruits? And I really admire and it's like really inspiring what she replied to him. Uh, she said that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to whomever he wills. So he should also ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for what he wants. So I think it's a good reminder again to, to us that you we shouldn't be shy asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what we want. We are all equal. We, we all have a, you know, have this opportunity to ask him and he will grant us uh, our wishes if not in this world then at least inshallah in paradise the verse, the verse that uh, Mariam was saying is in Allah uh, interestingly yes uh, the fact that we can ask everything and anything from Allah because he's the one who gave um, but a significant part of that statement that came from Mariam was as you see, Mariam is someone who is very devoted, right? So she never sees herself a person who deserves to be answered. And that's why he says, which means he will give to whoever he wills without making her feel that because I dedicate my life to Allah, Ta'ala, Allah answers me. But he let that be uh, in Allah's decision that it's up to him, whoever he wishes to give without making her appear or sound or feel like she's special and that's why Allah give it to her. So um, not only it, uh, Mariam is someone who has humility and not only someone who has, uh, Mariam is someone who has trust, but she has humility, she is humble and she is genuine with her intentions and her actions. Yeah, something that we should learn from us. Alhamdulillah. Uh, we hope that through this episode, through this uh, small 30-minute podcast that you know, all of us here, not just uh, the sisters who are listening, but also the brothers uh, to be parents, you know, who are interested to find out new names, you know, uh, learn a little bit more about these two names that we've talked about today, uh, Mariam and Hafsa. And uh, inshallah, you know, if, if any of you guys uh, want to learn more, we, we're more than happy to link you up with Ustazah Hidayah. And uh, inshallah, if you guys do happen to name yourselves uh, Mariam or Hafsa, please let Convert Central know. We would love to, you know, celebrate that with you. And yeah, at this point of time, uh, I'd like to thank two of our speakers today, uh, Ustazah Hidayah and Sis Sarah Mariam, for coming up and sharing your experiences and, and your knowledge with us pertaining to these two names. And I'll end the podcast by uh, asking uh, Ustazah Hidayah to assist us by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Surah Al-Asr. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilaik Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wa al-asr innal insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa aminu salihati wa tawasaw bilhaq wa tawasaw bilsab wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin Thank you, Ustazah. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.